You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 87th and a half episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim Hayes in beautiful and snowy Minneapolis, Minnesota. Hey, this is Matt Allen, uh, also in beautiful, snowy Minneapolis, Minnesota. Wow. Guys, I'm, uh, I'm Spencer Howe. I'm still in Boston where it is not snowy and it's been, you know, 65 and El Nino here. Is that a word? You know... I did wake up this morning at my parents' house, and there is two and a half inches of snow on the ground. Um, and I woke up actually because the fat bike signal had been raised over the Twin Cities. Uh-huh. Uh, I, lots of Twitter posts about uh, trail conditions. Oh, yeah. And um, it was at that moment that I decided it was time I need to return to Florida. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. Spencer probably needs to come back here because he just bought a fat bike. Spencer now has a fat bike. It's a little strange. Um, yeah. And I went to a store the other day, uh, talked to a friend of the podcast, Jake Helmbrick, who told me that they sell roughly something like over 400 fat bikes a year, like something like ridiculous that I was like, a lot. it might even be more than 400. I mean, I don't really listen when I ask questions like that, but, uh, (laughs) I'm just kidding. I think I think maybe he said it was over think, 500. I think what you meant when you, you meant is when you ask questions, you don't really answer, listen. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. No. So you know, it was fat bikes are the rage here. Uh, Sarah and I were driving around St. Paul, yeah, looking at some it? of the cool uh, mid-century modern houses, and uh, we saw ten bikes on uh, this past Saturday. Of those ten bikes, seven were fat bikes. Wait, did you get the new Larry Millet book and then just go out and drive around and look at the houses on the Larry Millet no, list? No. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> so, that pretty nerdy. So did fat you, bikes. Wait, did you have the AIA guide? Yeah, I did. Okay, We're, cool. Did you guys rent fat bikes and do that tour on fat bikes? No, I wish we had, no. though. That would be fun. So do you think – so fat bikes are definitely here to stay. Yeah. Um, and little guy, when we were recording our last podcast and never made it to air, our interactive yeah. episode, episode eighty-seven, the most interactive yeah. episode ever um, recorded. That before for the yeah, listeners, before it was, the podcast Krampus got it. Yeah. yeah. Basically, they just uh, just our two tracks recorded, and yeah. uh, so you so the listener could play as Spencer. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. you know we could we could do the you know we talk and then the the listener could be like, I hate fat bikes, and then like ten seconds later, be like, Hey guys, I got a fat bike. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very special episode. If any anyone sends us a hundred dollars, uh, you can pr- maybe get a copy of that episode. Yeah, well, that's how that I, works. you know, guys, I realized there was a gap in my uh, stable. Um, I realized there was an opportunity at nationals uh, for a masters uh, national championship jersey in my closet, and that I realized nice. uh, that Surly put their bikes on super sale. So uh, I it, I went ahead and pulled the trigger after. After a hundred and whatever twenty inches of snow in Boston last year, you know, I figured it maybe it, it was a good investment. I will say, if I lived in the snow, I would definitely probably get a fat bike, right? Like, I'm not gonna like I would make fun of myself every time I rode it, but they are fun to ride. What's crazy is the amount of bike shops around the country, or sorry, around Minnesota 
that I went to over the last few days mm-hmm. that had sold something like 40 or 50 of these Surly fat bikes from the mega sale that they were doing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. There's there's a lot of fat bikes out there now. Mm-hmm. Um, They're all – everyone's – really pumped today i bet a lot of fat bikes were given for christmas yesterday oh, yeah. recording this on 26 yeah uh probably a lot of happy people on, on my way over to the uh um, recording studio here today i was driving down lake street and i saw a guy in a full white skin suit but like like almost leotard like full leggings and long sleeve like maybe a cross-country ski suit i don't know or a speed skating outfit i don't know what it was on a fat bike with ski goggles yeah. it was pretty amazing See, in people, white, like white here is a ballsy color. White is a ballsy color to wear in the the winter because of all that salt. It's pretty sloppy today. Yeah, yeah. People in Boston don't believe me when they when I uh, explain to them what fat bike culture is like in Minneapolis and how where we're at now with the amount of fat bikes you see is like ten years ago Minneapolis. You know, mm-hmm. it's they don't know what's coming, but it's coming here to Boston. Like people are racing them on the mountain bikes. People are starting to ride them all year. But we're not seeing every other person commuting on them yet. You know what I mean? But it, it's coming. That was the, – the, the fat bike realization definitely hit on this trip. The other <laughs> realization that hit me, guys, is that I'm about to pull my USA Cycling license. And for the first time in 11 years, I don't have a team to be attached to. So, I mean you're uh, shopping around? Yeah. So I created a race resume. Huh. Um, I've sent it out to a variety of bike shops and uh, teams and – What's really great about my resume this year is that I'm actually a two-pronged athlete because now I have the ability to be an elite amateur category three yeah. and then also a master's 35-plus juggernaut. So I'm I'm very, uh, I'm very anticipating a lot of offers from bike shops. So mm-hmm. if you own a bike shop out there or another team and you, you need someone that can drive business to your shop based off of results, personality, and just like know-how then you should totally contact if, if me. you own a bike shop and your twitter account is looking to give receive more hate mail than it ever has before mm-hmm. yeah we got the guy for you we got right. the guy I, for you i mean i'm a i'm a quality athlete i did six usa cycling races last year oh right uh-huh. there i'm um, right there you. that's like i'm pretty sure that's cost plus 10 on a bike oh yeah um it's you know lot, it's a lot of exposure. i think if i did like another two or three races then i should be able to demand free labor on a bike. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, because I'm not going to buy anything at the bike shop yeah, anyway. What? I'm just going to buy it on Wiggle. And if you go over, what, 12, 12 builds, then, then they should, like, build you a custom pair of wheels or something, right? Yeah, I mean, at that point. Yeah. Well, I mean, and you're, I mean, that free labor is obviously it's going to come the night before a big race. Like, you're not going to drop it yeah. off and pick it up a week later. Like, you need that well, done first priority. Oh, yeah. yeah, because they, they know that an athlete of my caliber will be able to um, produce results, but only if the bike is worked on at the last minute. So if the uh-huh. race is on Saturday, mm-hmm. you know, you better block off, like, shop, you know, <laughs> if you want this service, you got to block off time at 5 p.m. Yeah, those oh, Friday afternoons are team-only labor time, team-only workshop time, yeah. Yeah, I only want a, a shop that will give me that team-only workout time. Yeah, because yeah, you basically just sleep eat a teeny bit, not much, maybe two meals a day, and then sell things on eBay. That's your whole life, right? Yeah, and then drive a school bus. <laughs> yeah, drive a school bus. And you, yeah. ride, you ride in there, too. Just intervals, though, well, right? I just put the No sp- base miles just, anymore because you're 35 plus. Yeah, I just put, yeah, only like two-hour rides Yeah, um, of just pure intervals. Carmichael system. Um, you know, I, I've been having a – I use a couple of other uh, techniques to become fast in the, the master's categories as well. Yeah, but, let's just uh, call them techniques. Um, so, yeah. Anyways, guys, if you need a, a rider – uh, that came to this realization. I called up uh, Keith Richards the other day, or texted him. I said, "Hey, are we going to pull out the uh, the old Swift Racing Club 
on USA Cycling again? And he's like, no, because I'm just pulling an Obra license next year because he's moving <laughs> to Oregon. And That's I was right. like, ah, forgot about Obra. That's so you, funny. yeah, you have a you have a pickle. You got to find a team, and uh, you know you've already announced yourself as a taker uh, from now on. So any team out there is going to know that uh, you're not really willing to put in any effort as far as uh, promoting no. races or doing anything else. So I, I give you a be, half year. I won't be volunteering. Um, you know, if you put on an event, great. Um, the only thing I'll be volunteering is what, whatever the bare minimum it is to get the discount. Right. And, and you know, free entry, <laughs> obviously you should show up for that. Uh, well, yeah, I'm only showing up. So I'm only going to clubs that put on races so then I can get free entry. Yeah. And yeah. I'm going to say that like, Hey, I can corner marshal, but then be like, Oh, I got to take my kids to the zoo. Right. <laughs> Little do they know. Yeah. You don't have kids exactly. or a zoo. Exactly. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, so, yeah. which, uh, so Spencer, could... what do you think? I give him six months before he's created his own team, and like and like recruited an entire assortment of riders, and he's leading group rides. And I give it nine months before he starts like talking about a mountain bike series for the next year. Oh, nine months! It'll be the series will be on already. You'll be three weeks <laughs> into the series. It'll be it'll be the mountain bike series, and you'll already be talking about the next spring's uh, training crit series. So you guys don't think I have what it takes to not be a taker i don't i think yeah i think you're gonna have i think you'd have to work harder at not <laughs> starting a club slash promoting races than than i would work if i was doing one of those things yeah. <laughs> like you're gonna be just like tapping your foot and being like oh god i just gotta think i sarah I, sarah theory, i gotta go i gotta go out for a minute sarah she'd be like where are you going you're like i'm, I'm not going uh, anywhere to start a club <laughs> you know it's it's gonna be one of those uh, weird things that I, I could, in all seriousness, be the worst type of teammate to actually be on a team because I'm going to try not to do anything, but in the back of my mind, I'm going to be going, like, I could do it so much better than that guy. <laughs> like, this is, this wow. is so, this is so <laughs> messed terrible. up. <laughs> I think you wouldn't be alone as that type of teammate, though. That's yeah, the problem. That's uh, okay. All right. wow. cool. Well, I wish you the best of luck in not doing anything for cycling in the next So if year. anybody has a team that they want me to join, uh, just you know, hit us up on our Twitter account, at the Slow Ride Pod, and uh, I'll weigh the offer. Yeah. Sounds good. We'll we'll wait for those to come flowing in. Uh, guys, so, what else do we have to talk about besides Tim's team search? Uh, you guys want to talk about the ASO, UCI? Yep, so we do have a lot to talk about. We have, SPAT. We have ASO, UCI, uh, SPAT. Uh-huh. We have to talk about Cyclocross. Um, there's some new kits that have been re- uh, revealed from uh, the UCI. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm sure there'll be quite a few other things. Well, but... Wait, let's talk about the kit thing. Because I want to say we're a couple days away from the weird changeover. Oh, yeah. God. The yeah. weird the moment in Cyclocross that makes no sense. When one day everyone's on one team, and the next day you tune into the first race of the year. It's the Sven day. And you can't tell where your favorite Czechoslovakian rider is anymore. It's, you're looking down the list. You're like, it says he's on the start list, but I don't know what team he's on. It's the Sven day. It's when mm-hmm. Sven switched last year to uh, Trek Factory Racing. and yeah. um, So is he going to be in a Fidea kit? No. On first, or is he, is he booked up through? Because he, he owns Fidea as of January 1st. Will he be riding for Videa? I don't actually know what the situation is. See, I think the problem that we have this year is we didn't get one of those uh, magic times where the race on the 31st on Saturday and the 1st on Sunday. So we don't get to yeah. see it like the very next day. God, I but love that. It's, it's amazing. so weird. It's but, so uh, bizarre. Yeah. Does, uh, does that happen 20, in any... 2013 no when Sven won on the Klamago on Saturday and so on the track on Sunday. they write the contracts like... 
to be through like February 16th. I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It's not like it's, it's not like nowhere in the world can wrap their minds around a contract that doesn't go from January 1st to January 1st. Right. Um, I think they're looking into separate cross contracts, but I, I don't think anything has happened yet. So let's, let's, let's go on the cross. We don't need to go too much into it, but I mean, it is the holiest of holy days, um, holy weeks coming Boxing day with, uh, with cyclocross all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. We had uh, Namor last week, um, and the world champion takes the win in a great fashion out, sprinting Voot Van Aert on the very final straightaway. So You're excited. Um, very excited. Kevin mm-hmm. Pauls with a solid third place. And then today in Zolder, we had um, the world champion, uh, Matthew Vanderpool, taking a solid win by about f- four seconds, three seconds over uh, Kevin Pauls. Mm-hmm. And then Lars Vanderhaar. Um, in third. Now we know Lars Vanderhard crashed in Nimur, and he was a little disappointed after taking a. You know, he was in the lead for a little while there and crashed. So mm-hmm. Vanderhard is actually looking pretty good this time of year. I don't think we can discount him. Where would Wild go? Boot Van Art yeah. got eighth place today. He said he had a little bit of a sickness. What's what? crazy is he was happy with it. That was his lowest place on the season. God, that's um, insane. That's so crazy. <laughs> the <laughs> Americans uh, on uh, at Nimur, uh, um Stephen Hyde was the highest placed American, I believe, at like twenty. Nope. 20- Incorrect. Did, uh, so no. what happened is Stephen Hyde actually had a great first lap. Oh, he had two a flat. Laps. He was in the second group on the road, sitting around really? in the you know eighth to thirteenth group. Are you talking then, about last week or this week? No, sorry. this this week. Sorry. Oh, okay. I was talking um, last week. Right. Yeah, last week he was top place American. This week, uh, in the front group, flatted out of it on lap two. Ah. Um, he and Jeremy battled it out for top American. Jeremy actually finished sixteenth this week. So hey, Ooh. slow ride shout out there, sixteenth place. Good and uh, Stephen Hyde rolled in shortly thereafter. And uh, Katie Compton got second place today. Yep. Um, Sanaya Kant won uh, both both World Cup rounds, I believe. So, yeah. or did Nikki Harris win last week? Nikki Harris, Harris last week. Is up there. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. So, anyways, uh, good racing all the way around. But the question we got from Kevin Dolan on the email was: uh, with Jeremy Power's sixteenth place today, um, who's the favorite heading into uh, Asheville? World, uh, national championships in two weeks time um i would have to say that j-pow on a dry course uh has to be the favorite going in yeah but is it gonna be dry i don't think it's gonna be dry i i still think j-pow has to be the favorite just from um experience yeah and he's got the stars and stripes on right now i um, mean i think he won i think he yeah i think Hyde's, i think this is Hyde's year i feel like and will logan owen be able to battle onto the podium Maybe. How's he? So last time I saw Logan Owen was in Jingle Cross when he was on the ground and I went past him. Um, what's up? Did, did, did he like, get hurt? Spooches. No, I was like, chose you to go so damn fast. You could have got killed, kid. <laughs> just trying to ride around here and not get hurt. Come on. Um, yeah, just the old man at the back of the race. Um, so I don't know how he fell. All I know is by the time I got there, which was like, it was like a minute into the race, he didn't look happy. Um, so is he okay? Do you guys know? I mean, he's been racing these World Cups. I thought in the U twenty three. So he's okay. Like he's doing, right? He just so, didn't want to get up. So he's not racing U twenty three at nationals. No, no I, I bet he's, he's going to go elites. elite and crush it. Okay. He could be up there. He he, could he was flying out the gates um, those couple days at Jingle Cross. Yeah. So World Cup fever is going on. Whoa, uh, wait, 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 wait. Well, so what I, about I, the French guy? Well, I I think Hyde will win. You guys. Okay. You think so? Did yeah. we ask? <laughs> no, no, you didn't ask. Thanks. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Spencer. And, and, it's so hard. Uh, We're in the same room. I'm just Tim's right here. Where are you? You're like and, in 
boss bossin Bo- I just saw the fat bike in the back. I didn't think that he was uh, in the cyclocross anymore. If, if it's if it if it's Wait, muddy, I, I actually I see, like oh. you think you think if it's muddy, you think if it's muddy, Paige, I can't hear you. Paige might actually do okay. Yeah, he could. I, mean, I think I think you're right. He did good Paige at in the mud. Yeah, is he doing the masters category? Oh come on, Timmy, that's mean. No, he's not doing the Masters category. Has he been racing at all this year? Yeah, he won the first day of Jingle Cross. Does that day count? Yeah, it does count. <laughs> Jesus it's, a, Christ. it's a C2. Oh, it is? Seriously? Yeah, it's a C2. Okay. It's a C2, a C1, and then a C2. Oh, okay. It's a fat bike C2, though. Yeah, it's a, it was a fat bike C2. So, so I was slightly disadvantaged because I don't have a fat so you bike. Think, so, Spencer, if it gets muddy, you think uh, Paige has a good chance? Yeah, I think he's always got a chance. Uh, he's always going to be in the top five hunt. Obviously, yeah. but uh, I uh, think Trayvon. if it's muddy, that goes way up. Trayvon's, uh, he's kind of a dark horse, man. hes He's been so hit or miss. Like, if he's yeah. healthy and going well, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. If he's not I want to see, yeah. has he ever been a national champion when Twitter's been around? Uh, <laughs> I don't think so, actually. Because, like, so I'm all for the Ryan Trebon uh, National Championship reign with Twitter. Well, do you think... Like, that would be pretty amazing. Do you think that's the reason? Maybe be, maybe pre-Twitter, he put in just that little bit more training. And now yeah. now he's, like, stopping mid-ride, maybe putting out a snarky tweet or, like, taking a picture of his dog. And now he's he's literally missing, like, at the end of the year, it's, like, 27 minutes of training. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, so... Cyclocross season, almost done. Let's yeah. move on to um, jerseys real quick. On the road jerseys? Yeah, Dimension Data jersey. Yeah. Woof. The most boring, lame jersey. I haven't, I haven't seen it, actually. All right, uh, Spencer, let's describe the Dimension Data jersey to this uh, little guy. Okay, so you remember how cool the uh, MTN Quebec jersey is with the steam? You know, it's ridiculous, but it stood out, right? It looks like, it looked like a soccer okay. ref yeah. jumped yeah. on a bike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, if you kept the arms, like the shoulder area, the same, like black sleeves with the white Cervelo logo, um, mm-hmm. and then you took everything else off, just cleared it, just erased it with a pencil, so it was like a clean blank white slate. Mm-hmm. That's the New Jersey. That sounds kind of boring. Or the way I like to describe it. Oh yeah. It looks like a panda. More like a panda than the old Cervelo kit? Oh, look at that. I mean, uh, that cool. Tim did just pull it up for it me. It is as. Did he pull up a panda boring. as well to put it? Well, so do you guys think that that large belly space is because they're going to get sponsored by some sort of belly company? Like a belly ring or something? Or like. <laughs> I don't like know. Like they're. Like they. This isn't is the 90s of, anymore, little guy. There I don't is think a the lack of ring geometric, is booming. geometric shapes that well, could fill that space. There's mm-hmm. a triangle already on their jersey. The Dimension so, Data has got a good triangle it, logo with like a with like a um, looks like a windmill or something. And, and the, the sad thing is that you know what it looks like. You guys remember the uh, Wonder Years episode where the gym teacher no. drew <laughs> drew um, drew wow. the female reproductive system on the chalkboard and it just looked like a he drew like a bad cow. Like he drew like a cow's head. Wow, that's what that looks uh, like. Yeah, so uh, I don't remember any Wonder Years. Sorry, little so man. the uh, you guys didn't watch the Wonder so, Years. So the next the next kit that we need to talk about that was released, and of course these were all released accidentally by the UCI on their website, is the new AG2R La Mondiale, which uh, I really kit. like. Yeah, I mean this to me. every single year, Knock this kit gets better and better. And we used to make fun of the brown short squad because it was great, and now it's. 
I, it has to be in the top five of kits in the professional peloton. Oh, yeah. This year with that new kind of aqua blue shoulder well, to counteract the brown, it is, it's amazing. I wish that these were my wedding colors. Oh, wait, they were. <laughs> They've done the thing that all— Spencer wouldn't uh, know that they were my wedding I'm pretty sure colors. you have brown and pink. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe they were brown and pink. Uh, I hope Sarah's not listening. I'd say ATR has done what, what another great team with FDJ always does, is just subtle changes. Like, they, they have— They've got a template. They stick to it. They've got their look. They're not going to like reinvent it every year. They yeah. just sort of they just change it a little bit to keep it fresh. But they know they've got the best, like one of the best kits. Just like FDJ, it's like always awesome. Maybe they add a little white, a little more red. But they, there's no messing with it. Mm-hmm. That's a very great point, uh, little guy. Once again, that AG2R continues with the um, the consistency and the longest running team in the UCI Pro Tour. FDJ? No, is Lamprey, Lamprey. which once again yes. continues the same template of let's I mean they're making it they've almost come full circle now twice in that it was stylish to be bright and ugly in the nineties. Mm-hmm. And then it went way out of favor and they still kept with it. And then it came back into fashion for like two years here in the and I, I feel that it's on its way out again. Like people are like, <laughs> oh, okay, that's enough bright colors. Like let's go back to look. But it's their look, yeah, it's their look. So if you need sheet metal, that's the uh, team to get and they uh, look good. So, and then the the final accidental release is the new Cannondale team. Now, this kit obviously does not have Garmin on it. So, did that mean Garmin dropped sponsorship from that team? Possibly. Looks Possibly. like it. And uh, but it is continuing the uh, the, the Argyle look that um, mm-hmm. we have gotten. So, anyways, new kits starting to be revealed. Uh, we've talked about the Movistar. We've talked about the new Sky um, kit. What? So. Did, no, did either of you guys see the Wanty kit? No. Um, I forgot that team even existed. Um, it's it's uh it's really nice in a classic Belgian kind of way. A lot of logos, uh-huh. um, kind of put on there. It's just classy. Also, man, their their website is pretty sweet. Their kit is like, it's like a star beamed it to Earth or something. It's like light glowing behind it, and there's star. There's literally a star, Spencer. <laughs> This is Mo Bruno Roy, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. The big uh, episode um, that we, we, the interactive episode, we spent a lot of time, but we do need to mention is that the ASO is pulling all of its races, which is like a third of the calendar, out mm-hmm. of the UCI Pro Tour, yeah. and mm-hmm. basically extending a giant middle finger to um, the UCI saying, hey, we mm-hmm. run these races. You can't tell us what teams are involved. And uh, now they're going to no longer need to um, invite certain teams. And I could personally could not be happier about this. Really? I think that this is good for cycling because they are the owners of the race. It's terrible. You terrible, <laughs> terrible capitalist. It's terrible. <laughs> I mean, it's it's it's. It's going to throw everything into total turmoil this year. Yeah. Do we need to explain it anymore before you guys tell me how wrong you are? Well, okay, so one, it means that the ASO doesn't have to invite all the Pro Tour teams. And ASO so, is the owner of the Tour de France. Yeah, and, and, and Paris-Nice and, and a million other things, yeah. Paris-Roubaix. It means that if they if they drop down a category to what, HC or whatever the category would be, they only have to invite 14 Pro Tour teams. And that gives them many more discretionary picks. Which they would pick the best teams possible for those spots. 
But it's I'm talking United Healthcare. I'm talking Team Norvo Nordisk. Okay. Those teams I'm about, are not the um, best teams possible. Wanti. I'm talking about Triple C Pulsat with David Rebulin. But here's the Back thing. In the- here's the thing. They won't. They're going to – I bet they're going to drop down and they're going to basically invite the same teams because who – there's really no – Yeah. That's why I don't think this is that the only, deal. The only team they're not going to invite to any of their events aside from uh, the um, – the Tour de France is Movie Star. Movie Star is just not going to go to Paris-Roubaix or Fletch or whatever else races they own. But they're gonna they're gonna want they're gonna Movie Star is gonna want to go to those a lot of those like at least Fletch and stuff the Ardennes class because yeah. like they want that exposure. I feel like this what what it really does is it hurts it hurts sponsors. Sponsors buy into the Pro Tour right. because they know they can get a certain amount of yeah. sponsor value out of it. They know they get the tour. They know they get Perignes. They know they get like some of the highest coverage races. Yep. Not being, not having that guarantee. So even if you probably are going to go, not having that guarantee is going to make teams sweat all year. Wow. And yeah, maybe we can say that that will raise the level, but there should be an actual like what what the Pro Tour has tried to do before with like the relegations. There should be a sporting criteria for that because we end up with the same crap as last year, where like the Giro wants to invite the CCC team, but they, they don't want to invite them if they bring certain riders, which is bullshit. But isn't the whole, like, uh, point of this, um, you know, to allow the teams to almost dictate what races they go to as well? Because, you know, look, Europe card did not want to go do just like, the just Giro. like being poor is to allow you to decide when F- and where you want to work. Yeah. Like FDJ. I mean, look at the positives here. FDJ doesn't want to go do the, Jiro, so now they're not going to, you know, well, I guess if they want to be pro tour, they have to at this point. Yeah. Whereas, shouldn't it be like, hey, man, I can still get an invite to the Tour de France and some of these awesome races but, as well. So why would I want to be pro tour? And now they're letting their decision no. help out all the other because teams. no, because if FDJ, FDJ and AG2R are French, they 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 could they can make that decision to be continental and they could still get a tour invite. What it does is it just means that we're going to have a bunch of crappy French teams, more crappy French teams in the tour, which is always kind of funny, but it also really sucks. <laughs> yeah. Which, like if we don't – like truthfully, we all hate Astana, but if Astana doesn't go to the tour and instead we get like Big Matt, Auber, 47, 98, 63, whatever the hell they're called today, like mm-hmm. that's going to suck. You want a Rue there, or do you want like no, I some guy who's like maybe got just got a, upgraded to Cat One? Uh, <laughs> I, I disagree. But Spencer, how do you feel Wait, on this? Is Not, this because you think you're going to get an invite now that you're an elite Cat Three Thirty Five? Yeah, I'm shopping plus. the resume. You think your team might have a here's chance? The, uh-huh, here's uh-huh. the thing: is like how so? And Spencer, okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let me just say the ASO is completely out of line here. I know that they're protecting their profits and they're trying to keep their baby, their cash cow, you know, full and fat. Um, but it doesn't do anything good for the sport. Like we need, we need guarantees for the sponsors. We need guarantees. We need to get TV rights going. We need all that stuff that Velon's trying to do makes a ton of sense. And what's hilarious is if you Sweet saw, name drop. if you saw the, uh, um, the UCI response uh, earlier this week uh, to this was saying, uh, oh, if the tour wants to go to this level and all the ESO races want to go to this level, there are actually limitations. Like they'd have to shorten the route of Paris-Roubaix and they'd yeah. have to shorten some of the stages on the tour uh, because they can't be over a certain length at that level. Which I think... Hey, uh, I knock, think, knock. I think so Cookson was technically wrong about the hey, 
part of that. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Hey, but this it, is a bluff. It, so it screws up the uh, the quality of the race on the yeah. team strength front and on the course front. So what I, what I See? actually think is that it gives other races an opportunity to become classics. Like we can get rid of. You know, we've watched this race a hundred times now. We can maybe uh, invent a new classic. That's wait, what race should they get rid yeah, of? Yeah, that's that's, that's the appeal of the sport, in my opinion, is that there is history to these races. I, like, I think, like, I'm wh- more what's... heartbroken that there are races that have gone away, like at classics that were around for 50, 60 years that are gone right. at but this point. Say so. Put it this way: like Paranese and Torino Adriatico overlap, which is the best thing. Like, right, like, but that's great. It's why, terrible for the sponsors and whatever. So, I don't give a shit. That's the best part right, of cycling. Right, right. So okay, if yes. if, if Paris-Nice becomes a, a Cat One French team race, do you care about it anymore, or are you going to watch Torino Adriatico, which has all the awesome teams? Well, I'm going to watch Paris Nice. Why? Tell because me, what, tell me ASO. one feature of Paris Nice that you like. I like that it's a race to the sun. No, that's give me something. Nice. Give me something that's, that's detailed. What well, it tells me. Give me, Let's think about this. Give me the, the, <laughs> give me so a, a couple of years ago when Perry Nice had a really weak course and and nobody like everyone was like, Oh, it's gonna kinda suck and all the best G C riders went to Torino. What did we get? We got a chubby gummy bear kicking ass at Perry Nice. Yeah, oh, the gummy bear. <laughs> Betancourt. So okay, Spencer, to, to rebuttal. Here here's I guess the fundamental problem I have with all of this is who does the UCI think they are? The governing the, body of the sport. Yeah, but the ASO doesn't need Answering them. Like, to the like, here's Olympics. the thing: is that why don't they just pull like an Obra and just do their own thing, right? Because it, it, fundamentally, we're talking about the same thing as like a an Obra situation here. If they yeah, want, ASO is the ASO owns the race. Like they, no one else can possibly pull together a Tour de France of any similar magnitude okay. than the ASO. Well, the well, that could be true, but RCS. It, in, but here's <laughs> the thing: the they, maybe we could do it. But, the, RCS could not. They could do the Giro, sure. But then the only way to make the Tour de France like stumble at all, because every that's that's what the guy walking down the sidewalk right now is going to know. Like he's not going to know the Giro. The only way that the UCI has any power is to actually create a civil war within the sport no. and get get the Giro to go on in July. Yes. Like that's the only okay. other event that could possibly happen, right? Because Which RCS is tour, probably on board yeah. for it. They're the probably like, yeah, let's race. do it. Like we want to challenge. Like that's the only yeah. thing that could possibly call the bluff of the ASO on this. A world to a race calendar should be able to bump anything on a lower calendar. You know what I mean? So they should just say, oh yeah, okay, that's fine. You guys I are mean, in May now, and July is now the. the here's how. Here's how I see this whole thing playing out: is that, that the ASO. Is still getting their races licensed by the French Cycling Federation, or they did this years ago. Remember when they took yeah. it off and they went to the regional calendar or whatever? Yeah. At some point, you would have to expect the IOC, the Olympic Committee, would have to step in and then pull the old, if you do this race, you're not eligible for the Olympics or the World Championships right. at that point. Yeah, so kind of like the, a USA Cycling Pro doing a, a unsanctioned mountain bike race, like we had or, that drama or, a couple years ago. Yeah. Or when Tyler Hamilton was serving his uh, suspension was showing right. up to Boulder training races. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that at some point, that's what it's going to take. And it's going to take one of these guys to toe the line and play a game of chicken and see who comes off. Because I, I understand. I respect the ASO's position. I respect the UCI's position. Personally, I think the ASO is being a little too ham-fisted here. But I do feel that they should have the right to invite the correct teams. My solution would be let's reduce the amount of Pro Tour licenses. Let's get it down to just like thirteen or fourteen. Well, that, teams. I think that's I think that's a fine thing, and I think what they've talked about with having relegations from the Pro Tour, 
mm. has some merit of like teams from the yeah. second division can move up. But there's still the the problem with that though is that we've had we haven't had all the pro tour teams filled out in the last few years. Like so, there's too many. There, there's already too many spots. Like and that's already, where I think there no. needs to be competition to get those spots. Or at the the minimum is sporting criteria actually needs to be enforced. Yeah. Um, you know, we had yeah. this whole thing with Astana. Like I bet if Astana was bounced, yeah, the way that many people thought they would, the ASO would probably be a little bit more open to this because the ASO does not want a doping scandal at their events. That's like right. one of their. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at how they act when a French guy gets busted. Oh my God! It's like you know, they bring yeah. out the like the entire army to arrest the guy at the hotel. But it's you know, they I feel they have standing in this a lot. They are definitely taking their ball and going going home. Yeah. Um, but I feel that they can act that way. But it's not going to do. I mean, yeah, maybe. But I mean, it, in the long run, it's not going to do anything for the sport. It doesn't yeah, matter. They need to well, do it. I know it doesn't matter to them, but it's the just going to. If if ASO has, they just have too much power. Like, at some point, it, it it something has to be done to diversify ownership in the sport. Because when when ASO or anybody else has too much power over the larger calendar, it 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 hurts everybody else. So. As a caveat, or as a segue to that, right? The big news was that Tinkoff is getting out of the sport. Oleg yeah. Tinkoff, the owner of Tinkoff, uh, what was Tinkoff Saxo Bank? Yeah. And you know, Vodders had a really, you know, interview about this where he talks about that Tinkoff basically wrote his own like, uh, you know, obituary to this sport where he's the one that's fueling the raise in wages and about how a normal worker on the team is making the same salary that Vodders did 15 years ago. But the mega stars of the sport are making a half million, million dollars a year. Yeah. And he's talking about all of this, and Tinkoff didn't do anything. And then it doubles down into this idea that people want revenue sharing from the ASO. So, like, when it all adds up, like, you know, one of the complaints is we want you to share the TV money. We're providing the athletes. We should get some of the TV money. If I was the ASO, I'd be like, peace out, replacement players. Like, there's Tim Hayes. Over there in Orlando, Florida, 35-plus guy. Like, what an amazing story well, to race But eventually, they're going to hurt their own product. I mean, obviously, yeah. that's why it's a bluff because they can't put three it's a weeks. It's from who? It's from ASO. They can't no. put three weeks of Super Rookie Hayes out there and expect to get the same the same Viewership. eyeballs that yeah. you would get if if you've got a Rue, if well, you've if, got Contador. I think it could be a good story. Like, just the well, it could be a good, following me it could for, be a good like five story hours for on a five, five minutes, yeah. Like, did he make it? Five hours, <laughs> Another day. No, nope, is he, he didn't. alive? <laughs> no, he, he, nope. Everybody missed the time cut you, the first day. Three K, three K prologue. He didn't make the time cut. That's tough. You think the normal person walking down the street in the post Lance era cares at all that Chris Froome is in the tour? Do you? Maybe, think, maybe in the me, UK. In the UK, <laughs> he might no, be popular. Let me follow up, Tim. Was, Tim, yeah. let me follow up. Do you think the normal person walking down the street? No, is going to buy sheet metal from Lamprey over any other brand. I, mean, I don't think. No, but they are going to get a quick step flooring for here, their next here's house. Here's the thing: is we're not talking about normal people. We're talking about cycling fans, right? Yeah. So we're talking about cycling fans. Yeah. I don't believe for a second that people will still not watch the Tour de France without all of those pro tour teams because you're still going to have Nibali showing up and you're still going to have Chris Froome because Team Sky will find their way into that race. Well, so you you will, but so. You've seen this stuff where, like, a, a large portion of the viewership of the tour, especially in France, is just housewives tuning in and, for, like, for retired rock. people looking for uh, at scenery, you know? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's not people Shit actually turns. watching bike racing. But the rest of the world and every other race and every other race that ASO owns, like, nobody watches Paris-Nice for the, for the beautiful footage of 
frozen farmlands. So you don't think that the ASO can create a narrative that makes the Paris Nice race exciting. Like they could say, like, hey, the top ten people in here get an automatic entry into like well, Paris, like Tour of France or something. The, I think that there's a narrative if, here that they could create. Not if those guys are going to get bumped out of the Olympics but potentially. But that's let's be honest. But, we, but that's already we've seen the it before. Thing. Where that's Wiggins, the narrative that already existed. Wiggins and Cavendish both sat out of races because they thought they might not be able to go to the Olympics uh, because of the same feud, like a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, if it becomes Olympics and worlds, especially world championships, you're not going to get the top riders. To show up to events eventually, because like, if if Nibali is like they say like if you do Perry Nice like you can't do the World Championships because of points. No, no, like if they say like if the ASO the UCI says like ASO, screw you, you can't do what you're doing. If if the Olympic Committee or the yeah, UCI think, eventually at some point says that down the road, I don't think we're there yet. I'm saying well, let's well, say in a 2016 is an. Olympic you think year. that that's actually gonna? <laughs> it's not. Down I, the road. I don't think it's that that's gonna year. happen for a while. I don't think that the. I call that the nuclear option where the where the IOC comes in and says, hey, if you do an ASO race, you're not allowed to race but the it, UCI. But if the UCI they has no that. option coming up soon, like that's I see that happening sooner. I don't yeah. think they're going to wait for this to go on. Like They're no. going to be like, we have to nip this in the butt. You make it so the best riders can't do those events. Riders who are like, maybe they're like, they don't see a world championship title in their like happening in the next two years, but they look down the road two or three years and they're like, there's a couple courses that suit me and that's something I want to try for in my career. Like, I'm not going to go do Perry Nice yeah, and when risk I could never just being do, able to do a world championship. Yeah, when I could yeah, but, just do okay. Torino the same week, which is totally legit and just well, as hard tour. of a race. Tour's the juggernaut here. Tour's the juggernaut, but I mean, there's a lot of guys who, who just might be more realistic and like, I can't. So, so your tour. guy's prediction with... The, just in clarity, mm-hmm. is that that we're going to get to this nuclear option where the IOC and the Olympic Committee starts to get involved in saying, if you do these ASO races mm-hmm. that are not on the calendar, they're still being sanctioned by the UCI, by the way, right now. Mm-hmm. The races that are just dropped down from the Pro Tour. It's going to take the UCI to say, hey, ASO, unless the Tour de France is at this level, we are not sanctioning it. It doesn't make sense for it to not be at the highest level. I mean, that's then yeah. you're throwing the entire system out of balance. I, th- yep. I still because think if, ASO if, has the if, upper hand If you this. think the Tour de France is the greatest race and the biggest race and the biggest test, then why isn't it at the highest level of the sport? Because I'm the organizer and I don't so want to pay the extra money for that well, that extra $50. So gonna, what happens though if the UCI is like, you know what, we're not, we're not going to sanction the Tour de France as a, as a lower category race because it doesn't make sense. Like it's a higher category race. Or they bump it down even further and you get an issue like the Tour of Gila did a few years ago when Lance and uh, uh, Radio Shack wanted to race it. And they said, no, you can only have three World Tour racers in this level of race. That would be sweet. That and would be you have to awesome. wear alternate kits. How screwed would all the sponsors be yeah. there? That oh, would be that, fun. Then Unibet shows back up like, hey, guys, remember me for that one season where the ASO wouldn't let me Does race? that website still exist? I'm sure oh, it sure. does. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that real quick. You guys okay. just keep talking. So, all right. I I mean I think this is a good discussion. I I don't see the nuclear option coming anytime soon. I see the um, threats of it coming, and I see everybody falling back in line, and everything will keep going how it is, but without any real changes. Hey, it still works, guys. You can still gamble there. I think the uh, the biggest you know chance for reality is is that the they move the schedule around and they they make the. The Giro, uh, the number one race. Awesome. It would be Giro, amazing. Like if the Giro goes in July. Do, they they, like, think even, of the snow-capped mountains. They'll, oh, man, there wouldn't be a Kansas They'll State. move the Giro to July, and then to replace the Giro, they don't put the tour there. You know what they do? 
They use the tour of California, which is also in May. Oh my no. god! Fourth grand tour. Oh. You know what I would rather? Yeah, where is the bullets for your gun? I would rather the, don't own. the tour of oh. tour of Poland or something moves up. You know? Yeah. Oh, it could it could be any one any one of those world tour races could take over. Potentially. Mark this down. Well, who? So December twenty sixth, two thousand fifteen. <laughs> if the tour of California is ever on the UCI Pro Tour calendar, I will quit bike racing for <laughs> well, at least six months. It's a great opportunity though for like for for California or Poland or mm-hmm. one of these smaller week long races. Even like I, you know Alberta. what will happen? Azerbaijan is going to fucking throw oh, down. And Chris Horner is like, going to come out of retirement. We're going to one like, of the Whoa. grand tours. Yeah. Oh, don't talk about Horner. You're going to make me cry. But it's already in May. It's already been a commercial success. You know, it it could be real, you guys. It could be real. You think that's right? Oh. ASO doesn't own any of that stuff, does they? they no. I know they were they were Metalist they were sort of thinking about California. So does tour tour down under just a month away elevated? Oh, my God! In, in 2017 is like a pro like the race of races. It's the new Paris. You know, six months out. That stupid race. That stupid Aussie race. They are such geniuses for being the first race on the calendar because they get what like two months of press about literally the most boring race on the calendar <laughs> yeah like nobody true. like a great race will happen in march and we'll have like what a tw- like a two three day build up to it because something else happened we have like we're already getting teams announced well, it's like the classic uh oh. any first race of the season for us here racing in minnesota it was durand yeah in florida it's like the um the deland uh, road race where that's next first, week it's the first race <laughs> on the calendar so yeah. people are like Everyone cares about that race. You get like 400 people showing up. Yeah. And then like two months later, the road season's over and <laughs> people yeah. are like, oh, it's done. Yeah. I mean, it's obviously, yeah, it's obviously different in the pro tour because everyone shows Lang- up. Lang- Langakwai, Langkawi? Yeah. It does still happen. Yeah. I don't know when though. Do you think Nature Valley Grand Prix will have a chance to step up to the pro tour level? Hopefully it can step up to just, yeah, I mean, whatever it was race? like two years ago where it had a women's race and it had a full so yeah the big the big one teams. would be that the uh strada bianca bianca yeah would become now a the a mega classic that it deserves to be right because right. this gets back to spencer's point earlier yeah that now we have races that can actually become these classics that maybe replace like what like a flesh wallone but like, the, people yeah. really care about flesh wallone. but the thing about so like straw bianca though i don't think it's a good illustration of that just because it was already at that level basically like it's not a classic it, will it be wasn't soon. in the pro tour but like the way it had been progressing over the last few years like like stybar won it last year right yeah. who won it the year before like fabian fabian I think. Yeah, yeah i mean it's you go down the list of guys who won that race, yeah. other than the Glinsky brother. But it's it, solid. But it doesn't good. get the same press. You know what I mean? And but if it all of a sudden had the backing, it's so close. I'm just saying made that it's it a, monument. a natural progression. No, but it's it's having a natural progression toward that. Whereas, whereas like everything else, the UCI has done has been as has been sort of this ham-fisted yeah. like, oh, tour Beijing, you have to do it. It's in the yeah. pro tour. And then you've got something like Strada Bianca, which like obviously the riders. The riders want to like win it. that. Yeah, they like it. They enjoy it. And obviously, like the classics riders are putting stock into it because you wouldn't have a list of winners like that unless guys, like the bragging rights are there. Like that race actually just has like bragging rights in a way yeah. that these other races don't like. And like it, in the way that like if you won Durand locally in Minnesota, you fucking won Durand. So man. do you think that? Uh, do you guys find yourself going into this season? Yeah, my form's not too good. Right um, now. Do you find yourself going into this season Bike's good, more though. excited? For racing, that, like I honestly feel, this no, would be our. I'm, what, I'm our, dreading this. This would be our second 
or third year of doing this uh, podcast in during the race season, basically coming up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I am more excited for this UCI calendar. Maybe it's because I'm older now and I'm not working at a bike shop on Saturdays. Like I have more time to watch, but. I'm like getting pretty amped about like today I found myself Googling Trobro Leon to see when that race is. <laughs> yeah. Like just like, okay, so I know like and I gotta find some kind of pirate feed. Yeah, and there's maybe another race that could world. step itself up and become yeah. a new pirate yeah. race. Yeah. Maybe... Like I'm I'm sitting here like in a perfect world, like uh Sarah and I are going to uh, Europe in June. Yeah. And like right away, what am I doing? I'm looking to see what races are on the UCI calendar. Like even if it's tour to Serbia. Or it could be uh, a race in Portugal because I don't know where we're going to go yet, but we've yeah. allocated the money. And, of course, it's during the Criterium Daphne uh, where where I'll be. So I'm like, oh, man. But they don't release that schedule till like two months before the race starts. Yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Like that would be maybe cool to go see. But that's an ASO race. That's an ASO race. Yeah, you're going to watch I'm a bunch dreading. of shitty Cat 1 French dudes ride around. Yeah. Gonna, I'm just dreading it's going to be sort of a disaster this year. And it's just going to be we're not going to see good riders at good races we're gonna see guys so do you think planning for things and getting thrown out in the last so couple of days another yeah. piece of news that had come up recently was that um nbc sports network made a big agreement with aso to now broadcast the espana the, the volta and uh the tour de france and some other races through 2019 so you know once again we have nbc sports network buying up the rights um who knows where they're going to show it? It sounds like that they're probably going to start investing more money into just doing at demand on demand um, coverage, so you can just buy the service. Yeah. So you buy the Vuelta for like twenty bucks, or hopefully maybe they do a year long subscription package. Yeah, that's actually pretty cool that the Vuelta is back on TV. Yeah, if it's good coverage, I'll be exciting. I've yeah. I've well, been f- I've been hurt by uh, NBC Sports uh, too many times. Or- what coverage do you think is bad? Like the commentators. Well, the commentator's not good, but the worst thing for me with them is that they show everything on either like a 10-minute delay or like a two-hour delay. Like the number of times I – Oh, even on the, the live tour tracker app? Well, so even, so let's say like Perry roubaix as an example. It was on TV this year. They had like two hours of coverage, right? But it came on after the race ended. Oh, so you, oh okay. I see what you're saying. And so it was on at like – it was on here in Minnesota. It was on at like ten thirty or something. It, but it was like, why would I watch that? Why wouldn't I just find a pirate feed and watch pirate feed so, and then go out for a bike ride? It's like it just doesn't feel like they have any clue on who their audience is. Yeah, they haven't and done they, a lot like, of marketing research. They've done yeah. like zero marketing research, and like they must know that if you're into if you're into a race like this, you wait all year for this race, you yeah. are not gonna sequester yourself for two yeah. hours yeah. while the race is happening yeah. not look at your phone not do anything on the internet not answer any phone calls from any of your friends <laughs> because you're gonna get to watch a slightly uh, edited version of a race you could have so, just watched live with your buddies so spencer i'll ask you a question here would sure. you pay um any money to watch paris roubaix live like like on a tv not not like a pirate internet feed like how much does it I, how much would you spend to watch that race live in its entirety i wouldn't um i hd yeah i do i get the pirate feed and i run it through the apple tv and it shows up on my tv just fine so i watch it on the big screen as live um so there's no money as long as there's pirate feeds man i'm not paying anything here's here's what i pay for like you know when so when we watch pirate feeds cross races you get like spores of races and then you get the veer or whatever Mm -hmm. the v-i-e-r or whatever network they have like it's like beautiful like they have the they seem to have mm-hmm. like the most like amazing cameras or something like it's always just like so crystal clear mm-hmm. and like if that's what nbc can bring is like 
you get full coverage and you get like a good picture. Like I'd be willing to pay something for it because yeah, sometimes you get your pirate so, feed. It's yeah. choppy. See, it cuts like, out. It looks like I crap. I'd pay like a subscription service of like 10 bucks a month if it wasn't cycling.tv. Oh my gosh. For that kind yeah. of coverage, right? No like, way. I think I would pay, but this yeah. this gets in the next question that I had. Um, how much longer do you think that Phil Liggett and Paul Sherman will be around? I don't think much longer. Like, and, and I don't mean like like they're gonna die, but like, oh. like at some point. No, they, I, I thought we said we were talking about. Like I, I had to think, like, how much longer do you think till they like are forced to retire? Because so wait, so I can't point, pick them in your hurting. death pool. It has to be hurting. Can't. Okay. No. Damn. Um. Yeah, I think they are a liability at this point. I think they need fresh blood. Yeah. But, but again, see, that would take NBC Sports to like do a little market research. But they've got yeah. good guys. Like, the guy that does the coverage at the Tour of California with Tim Johnson, I thought was pretty fantastic. And, and you know, hopefully they bring a guy like Tim Johnson in. Like I, I would be really excited to watch, to watch Perry Roubaix and have a guy like Tim Johnson. What about Al Trotwig and Tim Johnson? <laughs> I'll take it. All right. <laughs> this is the deal. You're like, you're like. <laughs> But no, like I mean, I think Tim Johnson would be fantastic, or a guy. You know, I I think that he's definitely the most skilled. Well, you know, the the NBC wants they want American racers at this point. There's so enough. It's going to be yeah. Vandeveld something. Well, there's Van enough Develle. like yeah. uh, American racers who have retired in the last few years that are articulate enough that that and enough people like have some amount of respect for them. You know that we can put them in that position and and. Everyone will be mad about it. So Vandeveld would be obviously the, the yeah. I can see right Vandeveld is, is definitely. Yeah. Bob Hill has any like chance mm, to be? God. I think he'll always be the studio guy. I think he's just a. Co- he's always going to be the color commentator. Yeah. I want. You- I want all three. I want the. I want the the Phil and Paul and Bob Roll. I want them all out. They gotta go. They've had their time in the sun. We're beyond that. Let's let's move on. Let's get uh, Frankie and Dreyu in there. Let's get Vandeveld in there, even like let's get Tim Johnson in there. Let's get anybody, really. Um, what about Craig Hummer? Is he still around? He was all right. I don't know if he's the, still around. He's a studio guy, right? Yeah, he's. I don't know. I can't remember. I just. I can't. I can't handle Phil and Paul anymore. I just want Sean Kelly, man. They've you know always been bad. That, what about getting the guy worse. from Europe sport? Like the guy from Eurosport, there's no reason why he couldn't do the American. And here's the thing: like they make it like soccer okay. broadcasting, where they just get a guy with an accent to do the the play yeah. by. Oh, like, and it sounds it sounds way more and it culture. sounds cooler. Like yeah. like have a Belgian guy. Like yeah. Well, the problem is, it, is that uh, they only show one bike race on the on the TV in the U.S. every year, so <laughs> nobody's going to come over from Eurosport. From NBC, that. no, but I mean, from NBC's perspective, like, why don't they just they buy the rights in the U.S. like? Why spend any money doing anything? Why not just call Eurosport and be like, "Hey, look, we don't want to spend any yeah. really that much money. Like, we'll give, we're gonna kick you a couple million, and we just steal your feed and we steal your commentators, and all they have to do is do a couple plugs for Nissans. Wait. You know, whoa, 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 not guys, instead of Nissans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, where is the gun, little guy? Because I want to <laughs> shoot myself for not realizing the solution has been in front of us this entire time. Oh, it's us. After eighty-seven. Uh, of broadcasting, I do believe oh my we have God. what it takes to properly That's right. broadcast the Tour de France. Eighty-seven and a half, Tim. You know what we should do sometime? Do a live. We should broadcast. just do. We should do a live broadcast where we just we we do a broadcast while we watch a race. We could even just do it and record it ourselves and listen back and see how terrible we are. But it'd be funny to see. I think, how terrible we are. I think we might do a bonus episode sometime of that. We'll just pick a stage. 
of like a tour stage that's already happened that none of us really know, like just a random one. And we'll try to commentate on it, like from an era oh, of cyclists that we know, you know, from 2010, 2011, 2012, something. Oh, that'd recent. be pretty fun. Yeah. That'd be pretty fun. We'll, we'll print out the star list. We'll, we'll know we who's in the race. We need our fact sheets. Yeah, yeah, we need our fact sheets. Oh, man. I'm going to be so. going, news desk, news desk, 53, <laughs> who's 53? All right. This could well, be guys, good. <laughs> this, this could be good. And we'd like to thank everybody for listening to the Slow Ride podcast. 87 and a half episodes in. It's a Christmas miracle that we got this episode recorded, hopefully. Uh-huh. And we okay, encourage so everyone to tweet us up. at the Slow Ride Pod. Send us emails at the Slow Ride Podcast at gmail.com. You can leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher like Psycho Cow did most recently, and it was very simple. It said, nice, five stars. I get good sensations when listening to this. Ooh, <laughs> nice. But is the bike good when they listen? Is he uh, tranquilo? They Tranquil. Oh, I don't know. I got to ask that on the next uh, okay. podcast. Send we'll us an email, out. Psycho Cow. Yeah. And more importantly, we'd like to thank BK1 of Ryan Stars Entertainment for our intro and outro music. And we'd like to thank each and every one of you listeners out there. What's funny, guys? Did I mess up? Nope. Tim. <laughs> Keep going. You're doing really well. What what should you do, Tim? If uh, if you and little guy go out on a training ride this afternoon, uh, and you pass uh, a group of spandex wearing uh, ass clowns out there on the road in in December, enjoying this warm weather and uh, two inches of snow, you guys have on fat bikes. Um, I want you to raise up that mitted hand, yep. that chopper hand, and yep. I want you to wave. Yep. Not a princess wave. We're talking full on clown wave. <laughs> full on, full on big wave. If so we do go out later, we're gonna probably just be driving to the ping pong bar. And we'll probably just yell, get off the road. Yeah. Yeah. Get out of the way, Lance. And with that, we'd like to thank all of you Lance Armstrong wannabes for listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. (laughs) Get a job. Get out of the way, Lance. (laughs) Pay your road tax. Pay your road tax. Guys, we've been looking for 87 and a half episodes for our sign-off. Pay your road tax. I, I think we found it. No, like it's just like... Our sign-off should always just be like... Get in the bike lane! Don't forget, pay your road tax. Oh, yeah, that's true. Get (laughs) in the bike lane. Hey, uh, don't forget to wave at your fellow spandex clown suit-wearing nerds. And with that, get off the roadway! Get in the bike lane! Pay your road taxes! Get a job! The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod.